there's nothing you're gonna do to, to alleviate it. So you just I just I just chose to accept it and move along in a, in a path that's gonna set me up for the greatest amount of success. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. And it's our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And that we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How's it going? My name is Pete, coming to you from Heartland, Vermont. And with me is my long-lost friend and podcast co-host, Mr. Todd Ellis. What's up, Todd? Mr. Driscoll, how does it go? Oh, man. It's been a while, huh? We have so much to catch up on. We have Let's... not recorded in about seven weeks. Has it been that long? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's been, a lot has it's, happened in seven weeks. Todd and I have not spoken or seen each other on the screen in seven weeks. We decided let's not have that conversation before we hit record tonight. Let's just hit record and have that conversation. Let's do it. So we're going to do a little catching up with each other because I, at least what I have to share I'd like for the listeners to hear. And then we'll get into uh, the focus of tonight's topic. Awesome. Let's, let us embark. So when we last left it, you were sharing with me your family's trepidation for making the trip to Mexico. And that was our first missed week. And then the next wow. two missed Mondays, I was in Morocco um, with 24 students and two other teachers from my school. What? We spent five days in the capital city of Rabat, living with host families. So I lived with uh, local Moroccans and ate Moroccan food every day, uh, prepared in the house, in the kitchen by what would be my Moroccan grandmother. Mama Sumia was her name. And we left Rabat after five days and went out into the Sahara Desert and literally got out of the van and jumped on camels. And we rode camels for a couple hours through the desert where we ended up at a permanent campsite. It's kind of like lamping, luxury camping. So my tent, which was a permanent fixture made of steel and tent materials, had a bath and a shower and hot water and electricity and the whole deal. So uh, we lamped and then we rode camels back to the van, back through the desert, where we uh, went through to see a couple more cities and a couple more like adventures and things to do um, among them, the city of Casablanca. And then we flew home. I got home on a Saturday night and we were all set to record. And Sunday, I went mini golfing with my wife and my daughter and Partway through golfing, I started to feel a pain in my privates and in my side. And as we continued to mini golf, the 18 holes, it just continued to get worse. And by the time we were done golfing, I was convinced that I was the most constipated I'd ever been in my life. Like I had to do a number two with everything that I had, but it wouldn't come out. So I said, let's go to the drugstore and get some constipation medication and part way to the drugstore. I couldn't, I could no longer drive. The pain in my side and my testicles was so bad. I couldn't drive. So my wife asked me if we want to switch. I said, <laughs> yes, please. So I jumped into the passenger seat and as she started to drive, it just got worse. And I don't mean to sound too graphic, but it really felt like somebody kicked me in the privates and punched me in the side all while I had to do the biggest number one and number two in my life all at the same time. It was without question the most pain I've ever experienced. So we 
took a hard left and went to the emergency room where my wife dropped me off. They didn't come and get me for an hour and a half after they put me on the bed. So I would love to have a video of myself rolling around and screaming in pain on that bed. Yeah, going from all fours to standing up and walking in the room to laying on my back. I just couldn't find any comfort anywhere. Super long story short, they put me through a CAT scan and diagnosed me, thankfully not with a tertiated testicle, but with a kidney stone that's eight and a half millimeters in, in size. And um, we can talk a little bit more about the science behind what a kidney stone is and what it does. But the focus of our topic tonight is pain. And uh, I was in uh, nine, nine days of pain. Um, it came in different waves of intensity, but when it hit at its worst, it like, this is not exaggeration. It truly brought me to my knees. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I just take a deep breath and um, talk to a couple female friends in my life and nurses who had both given birth and passed kidney stones. And all three of them said they'd rather give birth again than pass kidney stones. So that's what I've been up to. So because of that, we missed two more Mondays because I just wasn't in a space where I could talk. And then from what I understand, Todd, you had the grandchildren come and visit and the house was not quiet enough to record in. And here we are seven weeks later. I know that speaking of pain, you've had um, some challenges in your life that I'm excited. I wouldn't say excited is the right word to that. I'm intrigued to dig into tonight to chat with you about. Yeah. But yeah, that's what's been going on in my world, in my life. And here I am. Uh, I still have the kidney stone in my body. Still have not passed. I said it can take up to six weeks to pass. If it doesn't pass on its own in six weeks, this is the terminology they used at the urologist. We will go in and pull it out. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want any of that. (laughs) <laughs> i have some questions because <laughs> that's what i do it's gonna be rapid fire are you ready based on what you uh, just told yeah, me. I'm ready. go don't you dare click that marker lid either oh uh, shoot. yeah that's right um i've been known to click whiteboard markers while i talk and it what's not crazy what is the uh best food that uh, mama samia uh, made authentically oh man there was so I think Morocco is a 30 or 31st country that I visited. This isn't a rapid fire answer. I apologize. I would say that of all the places I visited, Morocco food was probably my favorite. Whoa. My favorite cuisine of all yeah. the foods I visited. However, I came down with an intense stomach bug that was uh, 24 <laughs> hours that I blew up Mama Sumia's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And my roommate, Doug, did the same thing. So we we, we lit up her bathroom. And... um. You know when you get when you get sick, the thing you ate last before you got sick, you, you yeah. have an aversion to. Yeah. I get sick um, when I was like six or eight after eating a bag of Skittles, and even now the smell of Skittles makes me hmm. uh, makes me ill. So this thing that she made that I would not eat right now, but it was like a combination of like chicken and cinnamon, and it was like a fried bun roll type thing, um, like a yeah. like a dumpling. Ish. Yeah, like yeah, okay. kind of like a big. It was like dessert and dinner all in one. <laughs> yeah, um, look at me Americanize the hell out of yeah. that, really <laughs> <Like a laughs> which is really cool. Um, yeah, but all sorts of like different pork dishes and um, chicken dishes and uh, meat dishes. Is it spicy? Um, no, no, um, not like, spicy. Not traditionally like default spice, like in Thailand. It's not like that. No, it's not like Thai food. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Thank you for so, that. Yeah. So food was awesome until I got sick. I took a 24 hour pre from eating or drinking anything at all, which could have definitely exacerbated the kidney stone. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Were the camels on the camel ride unhappy? Probably, yes. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Did you you ride on the desert with a camel with no name? (laughs) 
<laughs> I did. You did. There was, tw- <laughs> there was 27 of a total and one student named their camel. And I think the other 26 were riding through a desert on a camel with no name. You well, kids out there, mark, if you don't yeah. know the reference, it's a song. Look it up. That was a good one, Todd. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I just, I just scribbled it down. I have one other one, and it's it's pretty funny, so I'm going to go for it. You can add it out if you want, but what are the chances that while you were playing mini golf, your testicles <laughs> started on fire? I just thought that was funny. Uh, I am so happy that that pain did not arrive while I was either overseas or oh, on man. the plane, because yeah. I thought it was an appendicitis. I thought it was something really serious, because it came on so fast and so hard. I never experienced anything like that, and I, I really was genuinely concerned for my health. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it hurts. It, it didn't feel based, like it was something that was going to pass. Yeah, based on your experience in all those other countries, you've you've likely been to the doctor in one of those countries at least. Would you say that that <laughs> that concern came from I don't know where I am and I don't know what kind of doctoring I'm going to get, or do you find that doctors, by and large, are always there to help people and just be good doctors if you can communicate? Um, or you yeah, can say I, would, I don't know. Uh, Vietnam, the doctor situation was was not a comfortable thing. I did I had to go to the doctor once in Vietnam. We ended up driving three hours to this, the capital city for, for me to see a, a doctor that one spoke uh-huh. English and two uh, that we just trusted. And that wasn't my decision. That was the local Vietnamese that I was friends with that said, don't go to the local doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> go the three hours. And and this one was more just, I was just scared. Like I, I didn't know what to do. And yeah, be able to speak to somebody my language that was in charge yeah. of my health is a is a reassuring thing. Yeah, that is that's that's true. That's all the rapid fire I had. Thank you for the answers. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the camel thing because um, I rode an elephant in Cambodia and I vowed to myself that'd be the last time I'd ever ride ah. an elephant because oh. I'd heard about how elephants are treated. Uh, these these camels seem it seemed to be a very different situation. The camels only did one walk from one place to another and then they were kind of housed and fed and oh, um, from what cool. i understand it was it was a much more humane yeah approach than, than what happens to the elephants in asia yeah. but yeah yeah i asked because I, I had some friends that were um i can't remember where they went somewhere with tigers and they were they like took pictures with this tiger and they said when they walked in it was just like drugged and it was the most ridiculous thing and they they vowed the same like i'm never doing that again like that is so pathetic so yeah i, I would definitely say that about maybe like going to the circus and see how the animals are treated there and around the elephant i wouldn't i didn't feel the same way about yeah. the camels in morocco right on okay well where are you taking us you had an intro to pain i heard over there but Oh, you are, uh, from my side. I got some. I got some. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did I do? It's been so long since we talked. You're, you're coming to me on a new laptop. That's different. Haven't had that before. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can I can start the questions and set the stage from my end if you'd like. Let's do it. If that's helpful. Yeah, sure. So we know that uh, a number of months ago, uh, your father passed. Yeah. And then shortly after that, the company that you worked for was starting to do massive layoffs. And each week that we talked before we hit record. You'd share with me that you'd made it another week, but the <laughs> number of people that you valued that you worked with did not. And you yes. shared um, some of the insight there. And then midweek, one week I was at school and I just got a text from you, two words that said laid off. Dun, and, dun, dun. and we have not recorded since that happened. Yeah. And also since you were laid off and since we were last record, I got um, correspondence from you sharing with me that your mother had passed. Yep. So, um, with my physical pain and some of the emotional stuff that you must be going through, having uh, lost your job and your your mom and your father in a very short amount of time, I thought it might be a good 
segue for us to talk about pain and the role that pain plays in our lives mm. uh, in any way. And I normally do a bunch of research before we record an episode and get a, a bunch of different thoughts and insights from different sources. And I thought I'd not do that this time and just have a conversation. I did look yeah. up one thing that I do want to share, but other than that, I really didn't do a deep dive. So I just kind of let the cat out of the bag with what's been going on in your life from from my view. You can go ahead and elaborate on that. And I, I just can't imagine where you are emotionally and to throw uh, more on top of that mm, two days ago was Mother's Day and you and I shared some correspondence that um, sounded like you had quite a heavy heart. Yeah, it's interesting. Thanks for thanks for uh, getting such a great segue, I suppose, into what's not very great. Um, it's interesting because I don't, I, it's hard for me to see it granul, granular, gran, in granularity. Like as so much has happened, I think over that a period of time that either I choose not to remember each piece like in a continuum or that I, that I've processed through the emotions and just, and just let them wash. And then that's like the natural healing part. So like, I don't know, it's very, um, it's very odd to think about your perspective that that has been a lot because in my mind, I don't like, I don't see it. I know it's been a lot. Like I can tell you it's been a lot, but like, I don't see it as like this looming pain cloud. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or it's like, it's not chained to my leg. So it's, I don't know where you want to take that, but yeah, I'll go anywhere. But Uh, from a selfish standpoint, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved to hear you say that because I yeah. feel like I've been carrying a burden for you from a oh, yeah. and I haven't really had the opportunity to talk to you and see you on the screen like I normally do on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. And it just so happened that the time that we had this big gap, some of these massive changes have happened in your life. And I've been genuinely curious to know where you're at. It's hard to always tell with a tone through text. Yeah, but, it is. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like I've been carrying that burden and that lightens me a little bit just to hear you say that ob- uh-huh. objectively. That's awesome. That's a Thank you for that. That's a great uh, amount of empathy and compassion for you to feel that way. And, and I'm sorry you do feel that way because that's I should have cleared that up or at least tried to know you would have done that. But um, yeah, it's in my mind. Uh, I've had I've had people say the same thing, not in each instance, but definitely definitely with the layoff, people were like, you know, they're expecting to find you in um, turmoil and like amidst chaos and like all these different feelings and like they they say oh, i couldn't believe it. like i don't know how it feels that happened and i'm like well that's all right because i don't really like it was time right like i don't know i i feel like things most of the time happen for a reason and it, and you know if the unfortunate part is they happen three at a time well you know three strikes you're out but we'll see like they say it happens in threes and so far that's been pretty close um as long as far as major ones go but um i, I was i had i don't know if you recall this like a year ago in July of 2022, I basically told myself, I've got a year to do something at work that I, that I find interesting or else I'm going to go find something else. So it was almost, I, I almost view it as a forcing function in some ways that, you know, like, oh, it might've been before the year, but maybe this is your time. And have you really been doing what you say you've been doing? So now it's time to fall back on that. So in a way, losing my job, obviously it's, it's very surreal. Like now I look at my email, there's, you know, 10 messages, (laughs) you know, thousands a day. And it's just like unplugging yourself from that. What had become your reality for so long is, is a weird thing to unwind and, and come to terms with the fact that you are not this work you've been doing for so long. Like you, you know, like you, for example, I can imagine in your mind, you're a teacher, right? But if you were no longer a teacher, then what does that canvas allow you to, to look at? Right. So there's that, um, and with my parents, you know, like we'd been building up to my to my dad or to my mom dying for a long time. We prepared for it. We were caregivers, you know, 
we did that. I'd had a couple episodes from there <laughs> remote from Squim, but um, we didn't expect my dad to die first, but it, I knew that he was going to just make sure that everything was fine with my mom. And in his mind, he just unplugged and that's exactly what happened. So like I, I knew from watching my grandpa die and I knew from watching other, other males, you know, of, of his kind, actually just most of the males in my life, when they die, they just realize it's time to go and there's no sense in languishing. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to exit the door with my mom. It was um, a slow degrade over years, but the last six or eight months, I would say were the most poignant for me because I, I had an opportunity to um, like rekindle the relationship that I had bruised and damaged throughout my life. And so uh, I feel like I, I, maybe experienced her death more of the typical way that other people grieve. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a typical way that people grieve, but when I think about people saying, I can't, I, I don't know what I would do in your situation or that would be so hard. I think to myself, that's more hard having watched that and having, you know, replanted those seeds and then having it, you know, taken aback or just slowly, you know, disappeared. I think that was the worst part, but yeah, it's all been heavy, but you know, life's that way sometimes. It seemed to me from the outside looking in that you, after your father passed and you had to put your mom in a home and things were, were changing in that respect, that you made an effort to connect with your mom in that you knew that time was limited. Yeah. Well, and, I, we had known that for years. I remember one time, a, lot, a very long time ago, writing her or asking her to to like write down like what she thought of parenting <laughs> like leave me some nuggets because she knew she had parkinson's i was like before your gears slip like would you write that down for me and she never did well i didn't find it yet anyways but i don't think it exists but so it was it was trying to like reclaim pieces of what i thought i had lost or what i thought we could have done together with the limited capacity she had left to try to make that as best it could be but yeah. and you shared videos and pictures with me and I'm grateful for your letting me in on that of things that you're doing with her, you know, rehab, throwing and catching a ball and, you know, working on neuromuscular stuff and, and, and different different things and, and ways that you are connecting with her in a way that you could connect with her in the last in the last months. And uh, it just seemed to me that, again, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but from the outside looking, it seemed to me like you, you didn't feel that things were settled or things were right at that time. And you put an effort and attention into doing everything that was in your power in those last bunch of months to, to have closure, to see, to, to, to set things right before it was too late. Do you feel you were successful in doing that? Um, yeah, I think so. I think overall, um, I mean, I could never truly know, but I think that's, <laughs> that's one of the conundrums of life, right? When you look back and you think, Oh, did I do everything I could have, you know, maybe the answer is no, maybe the answer is yes, but I mean, how will you ever really know? So I feel for my side of it, it was a good attempt way too late, but what can you do? And just thinking about um, the physical pain that I went through with the kidney stone and the emotional pain that you were going through, I just thought it would be really interesting to talk tonight about like what is the role of pain in our life, be it emotional or physical. And because I can say without a doubt that that was nine days that I had of pain were uh, definitely the most painful of my life. Um, and, and like I said, I can get into kind of the science behind what happens when you actually have a kidney stone because I didn't know anything about it oh. before I was diagnosed with it. And now I've, I've learned quite a bit. And in preparation for tonight's conversation, uh, I just looked up the benefits of pain. And I think this can this really encapsulates some of the emotional stuff that you've been dealing with and the physical stuff that I've been dealing with. But it says pain is part of the body's ability to defend itself and promote its own survival. 
This is its fundamental evolutionary function. This normal expression of pain is not limited to what is considered useful because it alerts us to the initiation of illness or discomfort. And then I also found uh, something in that quick search, 14 benefits of pain. So I'm just going to kind of read through those. And I guess what I'd like you to do is listen to them and see where and if any of these apply to the emotional pain that you've been struggling with during this time of life change for you and loss and how any of these might be applicable to what you're facing right now. Hit me. Read them with numbers, would you? So I can write them down. Okay. Number one. The theme of our podcast, struggle is necessary to produce strength. Number two, pain can be a warning to us that something is not right. Three, pain provides an impetus to learn, grow, and improve our thoughts and our skills. Four, pain builds stamina, which carries us through future tough times and reminds us that we can and will survive. Five. Pain reminds us to avoid and to not participate in unhealthy or quote-unquote bad behaviors. Number six, pain can bring positive change. Seven, pain reminds us that we need help and we need to surround us with people who can make a helpful and supportive team. Eight, pain can bring clarity. Nine, pain gives us wisdom because it is often best understood When we look backwards. 10. Pain brings us together because it is part of everyone's story. No one is immune to pain. 11. Pain has the ability to increase our capacity for patience. 12. Pain gives us a greater appreciation for the positive attributes and relationships in our life. 13. Pain will one day allow you to comfort others with similar experiences. And 14. Pain gives us a balance and reminds us of what is most important in life. How was that for a lot of writing? Yeah, I mean, that was pretty good. I I didn't write just numbers, but that's okay. I found that uh, 2, 5, 9, and 11 were very interesting to me in in the emotional pain section. Two, pain can be a warning to us that something is not right. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I think that's a, well, uh, Depends on, uh, depend like, especially, I was putting in the contrast of life and death, like human life and death, but I guess that doesn't really fit there. I mean, something's wrong, obviously, but, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It doesn't really alert yeah, you. What I was thinking, and you've shared this uh, multiple times as, as, as a theme throughout multiple episodes in this podcast, you've shared that uh, a sign that you need to face something or face it head on or dig into it is that, that discomfort. Or maybe even that level of pain. And I guess the question is, where's the line there? You yeah, know, right. where where is the pain warning us, hey, this is something we need to stay away from versus this is something we need to go ahead first into. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing. And um, you know, the body is such an amazing machine and it's such a complex mechanism, it blows me away. But to think with the role that pain plays in the in the physical and you hear I've heard about you know people who were born without the ability to um, experience pain. So someone in that uh, regard could not know that they're leaning up against a hot stove and could light their back on fire and not even know because they couldn't feel it. Or um, you know they get something in their eye and their eye feels a little itchy and they keep rubbing their eye until they're blind hmm. with you know something in their eye and these these types of things can happen. So in in a way, pain is such a helpful, positive 
way for us to continue to survive and thrive. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such an interesting uh, paradigm on pain that we don't often take a moment to think about. So I was thinking about my physical pain and how, how I can benefit from it, how I can learn from it. Um, one of the last ones there about going through pain gives us the opportunity to relate to others in the future. As a trainer, that's been super helpful for me. I've had mountains of shoulder, calf, groin, wrist, hip, ankle injuries. And now when my students come to me and have ailments in any of those regards, I can speak to what I've learned on and it has nothing to do with a book or a video that I've watched, but the fact that I've experienced it. And that's a, that's a really helpful one for me. Yeah. The wisdom. What's number five? Number five is pain reminds us to avoid and not participate in unhealthy or bad behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how they definitely would apply too. Um, the, the, the emotional pain kind of rang through with me on 10 pain brings us together because it's a part of everyone's story and nobody is immune. I think we feel connected with other people in ways that we might not otherwise if pain didn't exist. Absolutely. Uh, the, the group of kids that we brought to Morocco is very fair for me to say that they're not all friends when we embarked on the trip. And in fact, some might have even had some disdain for each other. And that was, at least from my opinion, more of not knowing who those pe people were, but rather those were people that were constitu constituents of groups that others yeah. were unfamiliar with. And then once they got to know each other as humans, they really got to see um, that those people weren't just representations of groups that they were not familiar with. And I think when I got the stomach bug, half of the group got the stomach bug as well. So we were all on planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> with the stomach bug throwing up in the bags and the whole deal. Nice. And that, that really, really galvanized the group and brought people together. The kids that didn't get it were taking care of the kids that were sick and the kids that were sick were able to re relate with one another, even though they didn't like one another. And by the end of the trip, they share with us how, how much they'd grown and how they didn't say how much they'd grown, but through their shares, I was able to yeah. see how much they'd grown and how accepting they were of the other kids on the group, people that I thought they didn't like. And now they connected with through a shared adverse experience, as simple as a stomach bug. Empathy and compassion, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah. I feel your pain. That doesn't come from nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And it's relatable too. Like, like I know what it feels like to puke my brains out. That is not fun. Let me help you with that. Like, you know. Puking your brains out in someone else's bathroom too. Oh, no, good. No, good. Not that great. No, no. I'm not a big fan of puking overall. It's just so fun. Can I, can I ask you? Um, Anything. That's what I love about you. You're the best co-host I could ask for. <laughs> You can, can you beat me, me up. Oh, go ahead. Good. Beat me up. This has never happened to me, and I'm curious to know the thought process that went mm -hmm. into it when it happened to you. Can you walk me through the process of getting laid off after being at a company for 20 plus years? I can. I can. Pay, I can paint the picture, and then I can. No, and then no can, detail is too small. Like yeah, the time here's the, that something happened, what you were wearing well, when it happened. I don't anything. know all those. I don't know those tiny details, but I'll do the best I can. So, in every morning since these layoffs started, I get up and I. It's especially Monday mornings, I get up and I say, well, what are we doing this week? Right. Jocelyn manages this massive calendar. How long have the layoffs been going on? They've been happening since I don't even know, months. Like this has been going on for like months. five, six months. And, and so like there's a culmination of, uh, of why I feel this way, but it doesn't really matter. Cause every, every week I would get up, Jocelyn takes care of the calendar. I'd be like, Hey, what's going on this week? <laughs> and she would ask me the same question. I'm like, I don't know the regular stuff. And I would wander out to the to my office, and I would say, "Let me let me check mail, make sure I make 
let me check my email and make sure I still have a job. It's like it was just in jest, like ha ha ha, right? Because all my friends, go ahead. Was it the same day of the week that they laid everybody off? Like the left's always happen no. on a Monday? Okay. No, but okay. it was just like, let me look because it's going to be yep. funny, right? And so as these waves of layoffs had been going, it had been weeks, it had been months in advance and nobody knows when they're coming, nobody knows who they're going to hit. And it was just like this mystery that was building. And, you know, you'd see a couple of people, you know, and they'd be like, man, that sucks. Like, I couldn't believe those people. And then you see some more people over here and you're just like, what? Same thing. So, so when, I, when, when you see someone get laid off, what you work from home, what does it look like? Is it like a, an email that they send you like, Hey, everyone yeah. I'm laid off or does yeah. the company send a list of everyone that they laid no, off? Like, no, no. It'll just be, you get, you get, um, contacted by random individuals that you haven't, maybe okay. you've talked to them for yesterday, maybe you haven't talked to them for a while. And they're like, Hey, you know, usually it was based in gratitude, which was really cool. Like, Hey, I just okay. want to let you know, I'm leaving the company, but you know, because you're receiving this message, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, nah, that's really cool. So and those like, like, like mass emails that they'd send to like 50 people that, that had a positive right. impact on them. All it depends. The yeah, or whatever. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. But, and then you'd also see, um, on LinkedIn, there'd be posts like, Oh, I'm looking for work now because now I don't have a job. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. So okay. the, between those two, that's how I, how I did. Some people would call or text and I was like, I can't believe this, but, um, but over, otherwise that was it. And, so Jocelyn was sitting in the chair, this rocking chair, which she always does, and her mom happened to be visiting, and she was behind me playing with the dogs or something. And I said, oh, I won the lottery. <laughs> and they said, what? I was like, it looks like I don't have to go to work anymore. And it was just like, so matter of fact, it came out of my mouth, like, oh, there's the message. And I remember feeling, because they like send out some form message at the corporate level, right? Like, it wasn't all... For those who follow the tech industry, it was nothing like they espouse, like or like they say it went. Like it was, you got a mail, a secret meeting that came in your, you know, to your inbox, a you know, a meeting request, and it said, you know, very urgent is from somebody, you know, way high up in the stack, in the management that you'd never get a message from typically, and you know, you you need to be here at this at this meeting, a Teams meeting. There's a link, right? And so, you know, I was like, wow, like because other people reported, here's how it happened, right? And so. I was like, oh, you got the well, email got that you had to be at this meeting and you knew exactly what that ticket. meant. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Yep. So I can't yep. say that my heart didn't drop, but at the same point, I was kind of like, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, you have to accept what's happened. There's no way you're going to fight this juggernaut. Even if you did, it doesn't really matter because you don't have a job. Like there's thousands, tens of thousands of people losing their job, like just swallow it and go. Right. And so I let that sink in for a minute and Jocelyn was not, um, <laughs> she was not excited. Like I could, just, I could say with certainty she was concerned <laughs> and her concern rippled through her mother because they're basically the same fabric and then it was just quiet in my in the living room and i was just like or in my office and it was just at that point i was like well i guess i have to start checking the list for what i need to do to get out of here and what that's gonna look like so that's how that happened so then you go to that teams meeting and yep. is it just a, is it a one-on-one -on -one video chat with another person so there was two other people that i knew so there was three three employees, three individuals, and then there's um, an HR benefits partner liaison for HR. And then there's the um, the manager that's delivering delivering the news. At this point, it's um, it's so scripted that it's it's embarrassing, right? So, you know, I just happened to know the HR lady. I worked with her a long time ago and I was like, hey, what's up? She's like, we're not, we're not having a conversation like that. It's like, oh, really? Like, I get to say hello. She's like, that's what we're here for. I was like, oh man. So she, you know, they're getting, the, getting huh. everything set. And then uh, the manager comes on and he's just like monotone staring at you. Love, 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 love. Your role has been eliminated. Blah. Just like a robot. And I was like, wow. And then she comes, the um, HR benefits partner comes back on and says, we're going to send you a packet. You know, here's all, you know, here's all the things you need to, you need to know immediately. Blah, blah, blah. Here's all the mechanics of it. Um, if you have any questions, you know, ask, 
send mail to this place and you know it was it was fun work with you see you later and i was like wow and so then begins the process of like i was talking about earlier unwinding you know all those things but that's a different story but that's how it hit and then um i had thought about getting fired at work you know over the years there's been multiple what they call reorgs where you know this team will get lost or whatever or you know you're you're redundant so you're going to go somewhere else but it was never like um Lo- like looming in the shadows like you know what i mean like oh it's been months like i've seen some really cool people lose their jobs i wonder if i'll be next and then you know it echoes i wonder if i'll be next i wonder when i'll be next and then before you know it then it happens and it's just like huh, i guess it's me so yeah so then you get off the meeting with those people and are you done working for the day like are you done working for good at that i'm done moment? working for good yeah they're like, like from at, this point at that forward moment, they're like you're not lifting a finger for this company yeah from this, this point for yeah you're well done. from this point forward you're not expected to work on any of the commitments you're working on but you only have two weeks of access to the corp- corporate network to get all of the things you might need <laughs> and here is a okay. very long list of things you should be doing and it's like I mean, that list will keep you busy for a week and a half easily, right? That's not to mention like, oh, I should be keeping things that I've been stashing over here for 20 years that I forgot about because, you know, it's kind of like living in a house, living in, you know, a, an environment or, you know, an, an environment of technology. You know, you have files over here, folders over here. And at some point when you work somewhere long enough, they become intermingled. And before you know it, you forgot that yeah. you put some of your tax documents on a, you know, a drive that's not going to be there in, you know, in a week and a half. And I hope, uh, I hope I don't forget it, you know? So then it's like a frantic rush to keep you busy to figure out all the things. Where's my health insurance going to go? What do I have to do for my taxes? You know, like all these things pop up that you'd never have to do. Meanwhile, this, this was actually kind of weird. All of the people that you've talked to are, there's an outpouring of, of empathy and compassion. Again, <laughs> strange, this keeps coming up. And, and like all of these, this flood of emotions that, that underlies the fact that in a couple of weeks, you won't be doing what you've been doing for so long. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. like the people are like, like your chunk of California has broken off and you're going that way and everybody else is staying on the land and you're, there's, what are you going to do about it? So, yeah. So that, that began that process and that whole process will end um, on the 27th of this month. So I have 10 more days. Like I'll get one more paycheck and then that'll be the end. And I, I imagine at some you know, point in time at the, you know, somewhere in June 1st, I'll be thinking to myself, wow, like the, the wave has passed. That's, that ship has sailed, you know, and that's just done. So move along. I'm trying to put myself or my mind in that position. And well, if you went to work tomorrow and they said, met you at the front door and said, Peter, you don't have a job in a week. Go get all your things and tell everybody you love and have had fun with for the last 15 years. Goodbye. And good luck with that. See you later. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking the confluence <laughs> of of emotion, of all the emotional stuff of leaving a place that I might still want to be, of trying to figure out how I'm going to provide for my family starting tomorrow, and I have to do all this logistical stuff that is still tied to my work in order to keep my head above water in certain areas of my life. Like that is a confluence of a yeah. lot going on. Yeah, yeah, that's a big. Yeah, it's going to be a big river downstream. You know. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing. You can, there's nothing you're going to do to to alleviate it. So you just, I just, I just chose to accept it and move along in a, in a path that's going to set me up for the greatest amount of success after I get through the storm. So I mean, you know, there's no sense turning around into the thunderhead. You might as well just keep on driving and get out of there. So that's yeah. how, that's that's how I looked at. It. I don't know if that was a that was a mechanism of the pain or if that was just like you know what I've learned. Through, so have you know, started that process of seeking a new? position somewhere or career I mean, are you still are you still well, in the digging out process from the old um g- kind of both like i'm open to whatever yeah. but i'm not forcing it 
to come. So, I mean, with a with a tenure of over 20 years at a huge corporate giant, you're going to get a pretty good severance package and, you know, you get okay. benefits for a while and all this stuff. So it's, it's not like I'm in red alert and like I've been saving, right. like, you know, <laughs> we talked about savings. Like I've been saving, you know, all this stash all this money away. And I've, I've had a lot of privilege and a lot of benefits working there. So I think that lessens the blow is like, you know, so also is- like all the kids are moved out. <laughs> like I don't really have to, I used to, I used to joke with my friend, like all I have to do is like a couple more years until the kids move out. And then I don't really need all this. And it's like, there's, so there's a hodge, there's a culmination and a, like a stewing pot of all these different inputs that, you know, if it's somebody else, like somebody, you know, younger than me or somebody in a different role in their position or, you know, whatever, like it might be more, I don't know, they, you know what I mean? Like they might actually be lost, like it might be more overwhelming, but to me it's, I'm, I'm okay with it. So is there anything that you've decided to, or had to give up that was once a comfort of yours that anything that's changed yet or your safety net with the severance package is enough where you're feeling like you don't need to go there yet. No, it'll be cool. I, I definitely trim things down like subscriptions. I have Netflix, things that are overlap that I like if my kid has one. So why the hell am I paying for it? You know, at the same time, um, yeah. I definitely pared down. Um, I have a lot of, I have a lot of automobiles. So I tore, I went there and just figured out I was part, I was garage, all the ones that are unnecessary that I don't need. So I save a bunch of money on things like that. But, um, I'm not to the point where it's red alert. Jocelyn picked up more hours at her job so she can do that. And then, um, but having her support actually has been a, like, once we talked through it and I was like, well, there's nothing we're going to do. She's just like, well, I mean, we'll make it work. Like whatever we always have. So, I mean, and that I was going to, I was going to point that out earlier. It's been a very, very, uh, what's the word cathartic that once it was out, it didn't have to be like this big, the cat's out of the bag. You're a yeah. failure blah, blah, blah. It's just like, this is something that happened. We're going to, we're going to, you know, deal with it. But on the other side of that was like, thank God I can, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's happened and it's done. So, yeah. But, yeah. So I think it was number 12 on that list that said pain gives us a greater appreciation for positive relationships. So I'm hearing you say that about your Absolutely. relationship with your wife. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I think it was four. Yeah. The last one, 14 pain gives us a balance and reminds us of yeah. what is really important. Absolutely. And I'm guessing that cathartic piece for you is that that yeah. is part of that process. Yeah. You should be a teacher. You map things to, to subjects really, really well. <laughs> yeah. It's it, with, with my physical pain. Um, man, I'm, I'm so blessed. Like I'm so grateful. Um, the doctor said, look, bro, like you just need to drink a ton of water and keep moving. Like if you lay down for, le- for vast periods of time, this thing's not going to move along. So the be- the more you're moving, the better, but get some water. Do some the irony is moving hurt, you yeah. know, moving hurt. But I decided I'm going to go to school with this, I'm going to be totally transparent with my kids and I'm going to tell them what's going on. Like Good. I, I couldn't even pretend to like fake it. Like, cause I wouldn't be myself. And I was, I borderline TMI, um, on the science end. I just broke, broke it down and share with all my classes, what a kidney stone is, what happens when you have a kidney stone and all these things. And, and the kids have really, they've learned, they've learned quite a bit. <laughs> and the real, the real funny part is I just finished my unit on hydration and I give my top 10 reasons why we should stay hydrated. And uh, one of those is to prevent the development of kidney stones. There you go. Body. And I used to say to them when I was teaching that unit, I haven't had them, but I've heard that kidney stones are some of the most painful things you could ever experience. And and now I can, I got I can the say experience. that, but, um, each day I come into school and a large majority of people that that really care about me would come up to me and say, Hey, you know, did you pass a kidney stone? How are you feeling? <laughs> and I was answering that question literally hundreds of times a day. So I decided I'm just going to stop shaving and that's going to be my sign that I still have the kidney stone in my body. 
and ah, you've been to nice. school cleanly shaved, you've known that the kidney stone has passed. That's brilliant. So as, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm three and a half or four weeks into the growth of a beard that <laughs> uh, I haven't had a beard this long since Fantastic, I was a fisherman, by the way. Since I was a fisherman in Alaska. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you know what I just didn't say to me today? No. We, I was playing an 80s playlist and the, the summer of 69 came out and I was just singing <laughs> it out loud. And I didn't come and go, you know, Mr. D, you don't know anything about that. And you weren't around in 69. I said, no, but I was in 78. And he stopped and he goes, did that make you almost 45? I go, yeah, I'm 44. I'll be 45 in two months. And he goes, oh my gosh, I never, ever would have thought you were that old. I just thought you were young and really stressed out. <laughs> that's great. Did you <laughs> tell him that's the my... gray section. There, yeah, but... yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, referring yeah. to the gray in my beard. Yeah. Nice. So I thought that was right. Um, but <laughs> but w- what the the pain was just a clear reminder for me. It's a, it's how it rock solid of a wife I have. Yeah. I, mean, I was literally an absent parent for nine days. I went into the, I went to school as I could and I just come home and I was just done. Like it was so much physical and mental energy during mm-hmm. my prep. I'd go take a nap in my office. Uh, I got excused uh, from certain meetings and stuff that I just like the pain in my privates <laughs> and my side was so bad. I just, I, it would make other people uncomfortable seeing me you know, yeah. in that space. Cause I couldn't sit. Like sitting was, it was either laying down or standing up. Yeah, right. And so I couldn't like lay down in a meeting. And if I'm standing up, I'm like pacing around the room while everyone's sitting down. Man. But it really made me realize how many people in my school community value me. Yeah. You know, and it just made me feel so loved. And so, and I think the, the human condition is that we all want to be noticed and enjoyed. And in a way, this extreme pain really made me feel noticed and enjoyed and it really was just a a a nice reminder of how amazing my wife is it was a nice reminder of how blessed and privileged i am to have access to this health care yeah um you know i live way up here and what a lot of my massachusetts friends call it the boondocks vermont but we have a world-class health facility because i live 20 minutes from dartmouth and dartmouth has an amazing um hospital up here and i i you know they're short staffed and it's hard to get appointments, but like I'm taken care of, I'm taken care of emotionally, I'm taken care of physically and I'm just, uh, just incredibly grateful. And when, and if I'm getting back to normal life, I'll just have a higher appreciation for going on hikes, getting through my day pain-free, doing CrossFit workouts again. Drinking water. I just think, (laughs) um, yeah. So I think there's so much to begin. And even when I was in my darkest moments of pain, I just thought to myself, like, I have so much to be grateful for. Like this is a really, really cool thing. And I'm, I'm grateful that my body's telling me I'm hurt so that I can take care of it. So I don't have any long-term, you know, ramifications from it. But I just think that we have so much to gain from pain that rhymes. And it's, it's not easy to remind ourselves of that, and especially when they're thick of it. And that's what I worked on over the course of this. Um, I'm going on three weeks, but it was really nine days. The way that kidney stones work is they develop in the kidney. And then you have a, a tube that goes from your kidney to your bladder called your ureter and your ureter is a small tube and it gets a little bit bigger toward the bottom. So as a kidney stone works its way through the small part of the ureter, it's just, it's, it's really God awful pain. And then as it moves its way to the bigger start, the bigger part of the ureter, it's less pain. And then when it drops into the bladder, less pain. And then the pain coming out of the, uh, urinary tract depends on how sharp and jagged the kidney stone is. And yeah. I have yet to experience that. So I'm awaiting that excitement, but I, I just, <laughs> I, I just have been so grateful. Like my administration and my colleagues are so supportive. My students are so supportive. I would see parents of my students in town, like the grocery store, they'd come up to me and say, you know, my, my son or my daughter told me what you're dealing with. I'm so sorry. I want to check in and see how you're doing. Like nice. these, 
uh, periphery people who I didn't even think their thoughts were on me ever uh, cared about me and showed yeah. me love and physical pain I can deal with knowing that I'm loved is the best thing in the world. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, it's been really special for me. I mean, it's oh, a man, testament. My daughter, you know, my daughter wrote me so many beautiful little cards and notes that I had hanging up all around my bed. And it was great. And, my buddies that felt bad for me gave me all their logins to all HBO Max See? and Netflix and there Disney. And I watched one documentary after another. It was amazing. Nice work. Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah, kidneys don't suck. Yeah, I had two. I remember waking up and thinking, something is wrong. I was just profusely sweating and I was like, wow. And oh. I, I went and laid on the couch and there was no position that offered any comfort, like <laughs> zero. Nope. And I'm Nothing. like, and then by the time I figured out that I'd been constantly writhing around for like four hours to not wake anybody up, I realized I should have mm. had something done about this. Morphine never sounded so good in my life. I was just like, yes, like the amount of re- relief that gives you is profound. I was just like, yes, wow. Like where'd that pain go all of a sudden? Yeah. And they lay you in a bed of water and they shoot ultrasonic waves through it. And it just busts up the hardness of the calcium of the, or whatever, whatever the content is. And in my case, it broke it into three. So I got to experience three fun day, <laughs> three, three fun mm. passes of small, smaller, but not, but it was no good. And then, um, only to find that the last one I got stuck in, so I had to go do it again. So, um, yeah. And that's the, the, the aftermath of that is a whole other story we can have some other day, but I've fallen through ice up to my waist and I've swam in really, really cold water yeah. and I've snowboarded on really, really cold, windy, wet days and all sorts of different things. And I've been cold in my life. I've, I'm pretty certain that I've never experienced hypothermia, but I've shivered and I woke up in the middle of one of those nights and my arms <laughs> and my legs and my head and my lips and my teeth were chattering. My body was moving uncontrollably. Like I yeah. had no control. I was shivering so hard and I went, when I'm sick, I'll, I sleep in the spare bedroom so Jen can sleep. And I went into the bedroom and I said to her, I'm, I'm driving myself to the ER. So I checked in and I was, it was, it was the most pain I've ever been in my life. And I checked in and I was just <laughs> shivering and I, and I waited and waited and waited. And by that time the wave passed. So I went back to the desk and I said, all right, I'm going to check myself out. <laughs> and I drove home and and I learned, I was early on in the thing, but I learned that the waves would come for like yeah. 20 minutes to an hour, like the real, real intense stuff. But that level of shivering and lack of control of my body was really something I never experienced. It was huh. crazy. So it wasn't just the pain in my side and in my testicles. It was so much more than yeah that. yeah like all the yeah. little lessons sprinkled in there right like yeah here's yeah. coming 20 but, minutes oh that's <laughs> that's fun but if there's any tactical takeaway from this for me at least i'm going to speak about the physical pain and then yeah. you can talk about the emotional pain as we wrap this up is do we have the mental fortitude or do we have the mindset or do i have the mental fortitude or mindset in the worst moment and and what i'm referring to as the worst moment is my highest level of physical pain to say to myself I can gain something from this. I can learn something from this. I can take away something from this. What is it? And then to seek that out in the moment. And that's hard to do, but it's possible. And I was able to do it for parts of it, not all of it. And it just gave me reassurance that next time I'm in some sort of level of pain, I can seek to learn rather than just seek to endure. Yeah, but it's also okay to give yourself a little slack if you don't know if if you have no way to anticipate what's coming. So like, it's interesting, like emotional pain to me, although it's always at the fringe and like you can always kind of expect it is, is something that each situation is so unique that you can't learn something from wholesale, right? Like, like, oh, kidney pain. Oh, okay. Well, what, what have we got here? Like, this is very spe- specific, right? But if you think about a person or a life or, you know, a, a thing, 
it's it's so abstract that there's so many different things you don't realize that those things are there until they hit you and and so it's almost like it's spread out a little bit more and it's just give yourself some grace to like know that those things will keep coming and it's it will add to you if you have that mindset that you spoke about but it, this too shall pass like it's going to go by i always look forward to talking to you about this stuff same i've missed you bro it's nice to get back together yeah for real we should do this every week <laughs> <laughs> i admire your strength same to you good stuff all right all right with all that said all that painful talk to all the listeners out <laughs> what there a pain. <laughs> what a pain yeah we appreciate your ears we thank you for your time we are incredibly grateful for your attention we are the school and struggle podcast we are out see ya see ya